The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on High FM, where we explore and discuss and get involved in all the latest gizmos, gadgets, tech news and tech happenings that really do impact our lives. Now, unfortunately, the last week has been a little gloomy from the tech front, certainly in South Africa, because technology needs power to survive. You need to charge all your gizmos. You need to keep everything up and running. Uh, that includes our dear friends of the mobile networks, burning diesel and batteries to try to keep the towers up and going. 5G being a bit spotty because of that. I think they trying to ration down to 2G and 3G and 4G, which is another story altogether. That has hit major, just by the by. And mentioned last week that uh, the ICASA and the government are looking to cut the 2G and 3G networks as soon as possible. And the networks are saying, mm -mm, this is not a great idea. We've still got tons, if not tens of millions of users that have 2G phones, 3G phones, doing basic SMS and call communication. And uh, in a country like South Africa, where you can't just expect everyone to rush out and buy themselves a fancy new large screened uh, smartphone, for lots of reasons, also literacy, lots of things. But um, it's going to be an interesting space to see what's going on. But simply put, technology has moved on. 2G is no longer it's 20, 25, nearly 30 years old in, in its overall capacity. It's inefficient. It's holding back spectrum for other things. It's costing a lot of money to maintain electronically, technologically on the back end. And it's a completely separate network. So they're running two wires where they could be running one. And that's never a good thing. So the networks would like to cut the cost. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, millions of customers are never wrong. So watch the space. I think we're going to see a lot of backwards and forwards and turmoil and goings on. But another area that has had enormous change over the last little while and continues to transform at, in, at an incredible rate is how we consume our leisure television. And I mean, it's not even television anymore. I mean, that's almost an outdated term. But simply put, movies, series, documentaries, whatever, news is all being consumed at an at-demand any device type world where really the old paradigm of sitting down in front of the TV, boiling the kettle and waiting for your latest uh, series to pop up has pretty much gone away. Though on that note, Netflix, the ones who changed the paradigm, who said we will not do what the normal networks do and send you TV products once a week or TV shows once a week. So you have to set a time and then watch maybe changing their program. They used to just allow you to binge watch the entire series, drop the whole thing at once. Well, uh, there, is a, there is talk that they are going to start introducing weekly releases of their hot programs. I think it's a little ploy to try to use the tried and tested manner of getting people to come back. Give them one, tell them to come back next week, they may find something else. Who knows if this will actually work, but uh, a lot of the other streaming platforms, including Disney and Amazon Prime do the same thing. So it's not unheard of. It's not unknown. It just was something that Netflix never did. They may or may not. But in South Africa, our major source 
of television was always been DSTV. And for many years, I've defended their overall platform of offering a bouquet of programs, some great, some useless, some padded. But generally, by doing that, they could offer 200 channels, of which three were absolutely premium. But if you took the the three and tried to sell them individually, they would be far more expensive than this entire bouquet for advertising reasons and lots of business reasons. Buying a bouquet is more efficient from a price and cost and a revenue point of view for the network or for DSTV than trying to offer you a menu of, of ones you want to choose. So sport is still a major, major draw card for DSTV and multi-choice. But the times, they are a-changing. People's habits, they are a-changing. People are not watching on, on big TVs anymore in the living room with the family. They're watching all over the house on any screen that's available. They're watching all over the world on any screen that's available. So things, in fact, some planes offer you the ability to stream stuff that you want or plug in your own device and stream what you like through their Wi-Fi network. So the whole paradigm has shifted. People are growing up with a new way of looking and they're not working the same way. Now, interestingly enough, this week the news broke that Canal Plus, which is the largest French pay TV giant, has upped their stake in DSTV to 18.2%. Now, there's a little wrinkle. There are limits to international ownership of local South African broadcast companies. So let's see where that all goes. But they obviously know something or do something or maybe DSTV knows something or do something that uh, we don't know. But simply put, they're under pressure for lots of good reasons. One, they the total amount of premium subscribers is dropping dramatically because today you can have multiple, multiple different services available that offer tons of content that you cannot hope to watch in, in the allotted time. And if sport is not your thing, then DSTV is starting to look like not a great deal. It's expensive, close to a thousand rand a month, depending on the options and the packages you pay. It's still satellite based. It's also still, even though there is a, a rumor they will be moving to 4K, um, still only HD ready, whereas the vast majority of higher-end TVs are all 4K, in fact, moving up to 8K. So they're really behind the technology curve there. And the last nail in the coffin for them, as far as I'm concerned, is that because they've, they're playing into a declining market, because they're struggling to keep their, their operation and their model relevant in the current changed environment, they are doing everything in their power to limit sharing of accounts, password sharing, and multiple streaming of, of product across the world. So right now, you can only stream on DSTV to one device at any point in time. Unfortunately, the app and the system is a bit dumb sometimes, and you will switch, let's say, from an Android TV to an Apple TV, and without closing and shutting down the one It'll tell you you've got too many multiple streams, so you can't use the other. It's just, it's just a hassle. It's just difficult, apart from the fact that the app, even though they've updated it considerably, is also a bit of a, a, a mess. The interface does weird stuff. It goes back to the strangest things. So my sense is that multi-choice is somehow caught in a bit of a, a loop of old technology, I know the guys who run the technology department, and they certainly are forward-thinking and really trying quite hard. But overall, they just seem to be off the cutting edge. They seem to be losing subscribers left, right, and center. Costs are going up globally because they're buying in dollars for the most part. 
Rand is not helping them much. So I think we're going to see some significant changes. The international players are pulling in who've got scale that DSTV, despite being the largest in Africa, just don't have. So watch this space. I'm, I'm sure there are going to be some significant changes. Their latest decoder is great. But the, the way it works, the operating system that it uses is, again, feeling a little dated and old-fashioned. And the whole satellite setup seems to be a little outdated as well. So let's watch the space and see how it all goes. But I think the numbers are, you can't hide from the numbers forever. The way that they've changed their model to try to cut back, they're improving their, their own company called the Odito, and they're improving the security around sharing and password sharing and, and people sharing, which is a problem. I know many people who have shared their password with friends and family. But still, it, focusing on the negatives like that is not growth. And growth is what any company needs. And multi-choice certainly don't seem to be moving in the right direction. The local product and sport is definitely their strongest suits. And that's where they seem to be going more and more and more. So watch the space. Lots of changes coming to the DSTV space world and uh, we're going to see some interesting movements in the next couple of months. Another really interesting news, Rain. Rain, I've always used Rain 5G. It's been a great service, but their, their call center and their service literally was non-existent and hopeless. Well, they've done a deal to outsource the entire call center to India, for good or better, but it's an Indian-based multinational. So they do have a big base in South Africa. They've moved all their staff to this new base, lots of hoo-ha around that, but that's not a tech problem, that's an HR problem, and this is not the HR show, this is the tech show. But hopefully they do, um, using a, a massive company like this, do improve their call center and their call center behavior and their call center ability to assist, because it hasn't been the greatest. The service, their 5G, the way that they're growing, the way that they're rolling out is good. So if you're looking for an alternative, um, don't worry too much about the call center for now, but rain is pretty, pretty, pretty fine. And one other little bit of news, which really, you know, I think is great for the South African e-commerce space. Bid or buy, and someone that I've known for many years, Andy Higgins, have merged two types of their businesses, their U-Africa and their bid or buy, into a great new e-commerce platform called Bob. Now, Bob reminds me of what... Uh, FNB used to call their, their, uh, their cash machine. So <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a great name, but certainly they're going to offer e-commerce as a service to the industry, to small business, to people, and sales through bid or buy with, with everything thrown in. You've got payment, you've got shipping, you've got software as a service, and you've got a great online platform to help you, your little business, and whatever you want to do, go online and sell via e-commerce. That area is growing like mad. And I think it's really relevant that any company that's in retail sales and even B2B sales that may or may not be retail needs to look at an e-commerce solution. Some of them are clunky, some of them are messy, but knowing the team that Andy and his group have put together, I think they will be slightly cheaper. They say they will be cheaper than their competitors. They'll certainly be cheaper than Amazon who's coming. And let's see. But this place is going to be extremely competitive going forward. You've got Amazon.com with their marketplace coming, and now there's a rumor they're going to be opening stores in Cape Town as well to start. So Amazon making a big e-commerce and physical push into South Africa. And um, there are a number of other players, obviously, in South Africa. There are a couple. So we will be back um, straight after this little break.
with a, a, a really interesting interview with Nokia. We've got some great new products coming to South Africa and one great new service not coming yet, but that's coming straight after the break in the Tech Talk Cafe segment. We'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome to Tech Talk Cafe right here on High FM. And as usual, this time of the year, normally there was big announcements at a little conference called World Mobile. However, I think Samsung have decided to up the game and bring all their latest and greatest to us a little early in 2022. And we need lots of good gadgets. And with me is Justin Hugh, who's now the head of the Samsung Mobile Experience team. Is that correct? Welcome, Justin. Ah, yeah, Stephen. It's, so that is correct. It is called Mobile Experience because uh, to, to explain the name, it's that it's not just about a phone. It's not just about a tablet. It's not just about a computer. It's about how these things come together and how we use them in the different experiences of our lives. So it's not about what the phone can do. It's about what you can do in your different experiences with the phone. So, I mean, we've spoken about this. Let's go straight into that straight away. Yeah. We've spoken about the ecosystem. We've spoken about how Samsung build out with all the other things that they make and do. And I mean, Samsung have got product pretty much that covers the entire home. So, what you're saying is that we now live in a world where all of this stuff is starting to work together pretty easily and pretty seamlessly. Uh, very much so. Uh, you know, I can have the devices as in, independent, or I can have them interdependent or interdependent at least in that regard. So, you know, you and I are sitting here now. I know uh, the audience listening just can't see it, but we've got a serif TV in front of us. Yeah, I can go put my phone on top of the TV, and instantaneously, the YouTube uh, song that I'm playing is immediately we'll transfer straight onto to the TV the screen. Yeah, wow. uh, and that's simply by me putting my phone on top of it. So you don't have to push any buttons, you don't have to adjust anything on the screen? Well, the screen just says, do you want to accept this? And I'm going, oh, yes, okay. but, but I mean, that's just more from a privacy perspective and sure that you know what you're doing, you know? Um, <laughs> but no, I don't have to go reconfigure a Wi-Fi network or, or anything to that effect. Or fiddle so, with any gizmos or gadgets, it just works. It just works. Just to set the scene, we are talking about the launch of the next Galaxy yes. mobile phone in South Africa, which happened yesterday. Is that correct? Correct. So we're talking about the S22 series. We're talking about S22, uh, three phones in the range. We've got the S22, it's a 6.1 inch screen, uh, going up to our S22 Ultra, uh, which is a 6.8 inch screen. But and, you know, what's great about it is that uh, well, there's three models in the range, but it's really a function of what size fits me, you know, what am I comfortable holding? And what am I principally looking for the phone to do? We've got something for, for everybody there. But yeah, it, it's fantastic to see it. We had great success last year with the S21. You know, I told you back then that this was about, it was a phone for epic moments. Uh, we believe that this is a phone that's... Even more epic a, moments. Even more epic. <laughs> but setting an epic standard. Um, you know, a standard is something that you don't progress from. It's something that you build on. It's something that becomes the benchmark upon which all other concepts are built from. So uh, that's what we believe the, the new device is doing. So drilling down into the more um, details around the launch or around the brand new product, from what I've seen, it's extremely sleek. It looks similar to the S21 series, but you've made it a little bit... There's no camera bump. It's a sleeker, smoother... 
I actually think more elegant model. Thanks. But I think inside, that's where the magic is happening. Give us, and I'm sure there are a couple of techies who listen to the show, tell us what makes the S22 the next generation, what's better about the device? Well, the first thing I suppose that you would notice is that the S22 Ultra is now embedded with the Samsung Note technology. So last year, you know, when we got to about uh, August, September, we didn't launch the new Note edition. We That's launched true. the That's foldable true. edition. True. Right? We were all about, you know, foldable screens. Exactly. And everybody was asking, is the Note dead? Well, the answer was no, the Note was not dead. The Note was in hiding. Uh, it was coming out with the S series. And we so the Ultra now incorporates all the best of the S21 Ultra Plus Correct. tech, including Note features. Correct. So we blended the DNA of the two. So where S series was always about performance and design. Note was all about SPN and productivity. Now it's one and the same. We've Which makes a lot of sense. I suppose there is some sense in, in sort of collapsing all these various product ranges into a, a more comprehensive range. It is. And I think, again, what we're now looking at is how does the consumer of it, or you know, the user of the device, have that access? They don't have to choose, oh, do I want to be an S-series customer? Do I want to be a Note-series customer? I'm simply a Samsung Galaxy so customer now. The, the Galaxy S22 then becomes the pinnacle of technology and design as far as Correct. Samsung are concerned in their mobile stuff. Exactly. So you still got the 108 megapixel camera that we had on S21. You've got the S Pen of Note. Um, and I had a look. The S Pen now fits in, which is brilliant. You don't does, land yes. up wondering where your pen Correct. goes. So it's an integrated S Pen um, on, on the device. But we haven't lost any of the other features uh, that we've introduced before. So the 120 hertz scrolling, which just makes such a smooth experience on the device. But you asked me about what's under the hood, so to speak. And I think to explain that, I'm going to go to the processor. We've now dropped it down to this unbelievably small four nanometer chipset. Wow. Um, it's, it, it really is tiny, but the power that it generates is, is next level. So, by being smaller, it's using less, uh, it's using less battery power. It creates less heat, um, but it's so much more powerful. So it drives the graphics processing unit up about, let's call it about 30% more than where the S21 was. So S21 was really deemed to be the phone of choice for mobile gamers. Uh, now this graphics processing unit is even better. You can imagine what it is for that experience. And then the neural processing unit, which is really the fancy term for the artificial intelligence on board, is about 130% more powerful. Wow, that's quite a big deal. So leap. it is huge. So it just means that when I'm using this device and I'm taking this video, we talk about night video during the night, and immediately I am scanning the scene, it's gone from scanning a scene and uh, correcting the pixels from 200 times per second to 833 times per second. So a four times leap in terms in of- In just sheer processing power exactly. to optimize the picture. Exactly, so it's that powerful that I'm applying it to the picture. I'm applying it to having conference calling with our partners uh, like in Google Jira and the like. It takes it to the next level so I can watch YouTube and share that with my friends and bring up 
um, interactive chat discussions with them simultaneously. Difficult to explain probably uh, when I speak about it, it's something you've got to see, to kind of see how we can collaborate. I can do the same with um, Samsung Notes, so we can be sharing an integrated screen, understanding concepts or study notes or whatever, whilst chatting face to face. So it's taking what we see today in Microsoft Teams or um, Zoom and everything like that and making it into this very beneficial um, entertainment platform, productivity platform, these type of things. That's a big, big, big leap. So the average consumer, I mean, has found the last couple of years the incremental improvements have been fairly small, but put together, does it create a completely new experience or is it simply a highly refined experience? You know, every year, yes, that refinement is getting more and more and, you know, I think a user who had maybe been with our Galaxy S9, S10 would be astounded (laughs) by how much quicker it is, how much more powerful it is, how much better the scrolling is and everything like that. But even the user who had the S21 of last year would remark about when I walk outside into the bright sunlight, how much brighter the screen is and I can read it in this door. So, so there's, been a, there's quite a big change in the screen as well. So let's let's talk about that. So we've got 1,200 nits. Um, that is That's kind of drawn dry. from a yeah. TV, um, a TV panel uh, type of environment and, and simply that means how much brightness luminescence I can bring into the screen so that I can counteract you know the, the brightness of other lights of the sun uh, on, on there um, you know I spoke about the 120 hertz scrolling when I get to gaming it's got a 240 hertz touch response rate so it means that as I touch the screen it's processing that information there's no lag between touch and response exactly it's it's seamless in that regard and so you know again you're saying maybe it looks incremental but the games these days we play mobile devices you know call of duty uh, comes to mind uh, fortnite the, it's the difference of life and death so to speak you know that's you know, some people that take you the game super seriously exactly. Now, I'm getting onto unfamiliar yep. territory here, yeah, because no, I'm... Enough. Fair enough. I, I, I've told you before, I'm a Pac-Man player um, <laughs> versus that, but... Uh, but for those that care, is, this is the business. It is the business, yes. And the camera setup, is that improved physically, or is it a combination of software and hardware and the new processor that take the photography to another level? So we set the benchmark with the 108 megapixel lens on S21. Now what we are doing through a new lens configuration for the zoom capability, uh, so that 100 times optical zoom that we had. Yeah, uh, it's still got that folded periscope story. Yeah, but but now we've got AI that's compensating and creating Ah. a far more um, integrated picture, far more um, clean looking, as if, you know, we were walking up to it with our naked eye type of of scenario. Again, I think so much has been done from a processing perspective, from um, the technologies that overlay images. We call it uh, binning mode and re-mosaic mode, and it's it's basically realigning and rematching pixels. So give you, you you snap a picture, and then this processor and everything goes to work exactly. to just give you the perfect picture. You don't have exactly. to worry about any of that stuff. So in the time that you have literally heard that little shutter click, yeah. This phone has done countless recalculations, processed 
an infinite amount of data. I'm exaggerating, but it's that idea. <laughs> Pretty close. And you simply think, oh, I took a nice shot. Yeah. yeah. And you think that you're the genius. But you know, I heard a saying that said, the purpose of great technology and innovation is to bring the rest of us closer to the best of us. And that's quite a cool it thing. It does that. It takes me, who is a really terrible photographer, and puts me close to some of the top uh, individuals in the world. And never mind all this processing power, real world actual performance. So you go, oh, are people going to notice better battery life? What else is coming on the, on the range? We'll talk about the range in a minute. So the battery is what I'm loving. Yeah. 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 Now you're a fortunate fellow. You've been playing with this thing for a while. So, <laughs> um, so the challenge that I think many people experience with top-end flagship handsets, whether it's Samsung, some of our competitors and the like, is that your screens are so bright. They're doing so many um, things simultaneously. It draws battery power. It's not that the batteries have got worse. It's just there's so much more taking place. Again, coming back to our processor, that's on board at the moment and our um, AI uh, adaptive battery we are now saying on the ultra that with 45 watt charger uh, that uh, it can integrate so it charges it, super fast charges super fast so uh, the way I think about it is you know regrettably we live in an age where there is load shedding okay <laughs> let's not and, go there well <laughs> but I suppose we're forced to we are and um, you know if you're in my household we know the schedule says the lights are going off at six o'clock. And I know that I've got two to three hours of, if I don't play some movie or something like that, I've got a one board child. On yeah, you've got yeah. someone climbing the um, And we scramble at five to six to try and charge our phones, to try and download a movie and everything like that. We can now download with four minutes of charging enough battery from zero within four minutes uh, to run a full-length movie. Wow. Charge it for 20 minutes and it'll last a day. Charge it to That's full pretty capacity, spectacular. the phone will last two days. Wow. Absolutely. That's huge. It's huge. That is huge because everybody, all of us, especially with big screen high-end phones, have got used to the 4A, 4 p.m. top-up to get you through exactly. the evening. Exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, we, we typically, yeah, as you say, you're getting to mid-afternoon and you're starting to worry. Uh, and and when you're here, it's gone. And if I do have to charge four minutes, that's nothing. That's, that's a quick little and that's, a yeah, hours well, of battery life. We've been talking and for 14 minutes. Yeah. And in that time, you could have got nearly a day and a half charge out exactly. of your phone. Yeah. That's pretty spectacular. So let's get into some of the details of the new range. There are three, three models, you said. Correct, yes. And so they are starting with the S22 standard. It's the S22. Uh, yes, um, and so that's the, we could say the entry, but I, you know, I don't like to Look, think Look, these are high-end funds, so I don't think we're talking entry level. They're not going to be cheap, no. or as, as we learned last night, they're not inexpensive devices. <laughs> sure, but I'm going to come back to that yeah. because I think there's an important uh, option, if I can put it that way, coming through. But you know, I don't think about it as one's cheaper than the other. What I think about here is saying some people prefer a smaller handset. So it's 6.1 inch display, um, fits more comfortable in my hands, I can do one tech, one hand typing. I must say, holding the S22, it's, you've made it a little square, it feels very nice in your hand. Exactly, and um, you know, our customers were asking for that. 
And so we've delivered on that. Where's, you know, we've got the S21 Plus, which is the intermediate, and then we have the Ultra, which is a 6.8 Which is flat out the flagship. And it's a flagship. So we really have tried to find the balance that is in there. I suppose a lot of people don't need the S Pen, perhaps don't need such a massive screen. But they want camera But they want the battery power. From what I've seen, the, the processor and the technology across all of them, including the memory, is now pretty standard. It is. So we, we're bringing a standard offering into South Africa, so 256 uh, gigs of memory. You know, many, many times people would argue, what about 64 gigs? What about 128 gigs? You need more than that on the device. As good as... Yeah, I suppose today with the amount of programs and... And in fact, if you just take a decent 8K video, <laughs> you're going to be yeah. <laughs> you haven't got much memory there. So, so we do need to make sure that you've got that aboard, as great as cloud uh, services are and, and the like. But, but coming back to, you know, you mentioned the, that the phones are not inexpensive. What we've worked pretty hard on is our trade-in program. And we'll be going to launch with uh, where you can trade in selected models like say um, the Note 10 because that customer would be upgrading or the S21. That would be a, that would be a really yeah. logical upgrade from a 10 Correct. to the 22. To the 22. That customer, if simply that phone switches on, uh, okay, pretty much, doesn't matter if it's got a cracked screen or anything like that, we'll trade it in and if the standard price you'll get 10,000 Rand of guarantee. Putting that's it in a content. huge, that's, I mean, a 10, you've had nearly three, possibly close to four years worth of use. It's not a bad return on investment. It's not bad at all. So um, what you've got then, if you look at the tariff pricing on a postpaid contract over 24 months, uh, up to 400 grand per month off. So you can literally get the S22 at almost half price. So my message to anybody listening is, you know, Utilize those phones that are lying in your drawers. Yeah, take a okay. long, long, hard look at what you're using and what you're not using. Exactly, and you could really guess uh, the S22 at a great price. And, you know, the purpose behind that was one of saying, there's a lot of our customers who would love to upgrade every year. They just want the latest. Let's help them. Let's help that customer who's also wanting and aspiring into the S series, but hasn't quite got, you know, it doesn't can't really outlay. Uh, 899 rand per month or 1299 you know that type of thing let's make it accessible so that'll apply both to cash purchases and to contract purchases and the contract will obviously then be reduced by the discount on the handset correct so working with our network partners there um, at this point uh, a number of stores are will be on board at uh, at the time of launch and um, more rolling out every single day that's really fantastic. And I noticed one thing that, for the first time, because normally you used to have, be able to get phones in black or white. Yes. There's some really unique colors and textures and, and yes. looks going on. Give us a little insight into that. So, in the Ultra category, we've got four colors. Um, the, you call it burgundy, a wine, red, maybe. It's a very nice color. I'm looking at it right now. It is, um, that's our, our flagship brand. So yes, you've got the standard black, but the standard white. Well, I shouldn't say standard. They're pretty refined, the, the black and white. But we've got a burgundy, we've got a green. You know, we, we, and then we play with different color palettes as we go through the range. But again, giving just that hint of differentiation, just something a little bit standardish uh, that can really look the part. And a full range of accessories, obviously. Yes. Um, a full range of accessories. 
uh, available, uh, you know, whether it be covers, charging blocks, hand and hand, uh, we, we're bringing that into the market. Well, thank you so much. I mean, as usual, time has flown. We're almost at the end. And these will be on sale when? These are on sale from the 11th of March. And again, what I tell everybody, pre-order now if you want one. Great pre-order offers. Uh, and you'll get this, your handset probably a little bit before that 11th. So, so you can pre-order from which date? So uh, pre-order with the operators or your favorite retail store. You can put your name down right now from right there. And then with about uh, just two weeks prior, they'll start getting your contract ready for you and everything like that and getting the headset there. So um, and that's pretty yeah. good because globally, this is this is right on track with the global yeah. launches. Since so uh, it's, it's not far to go now. So no, just crazy how time uh, flies. It is. And uh, yeah, this is brilliant. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, sure. It's been really good fun playing with all the new toys and all the fastest gadgets. And we'll be uh, back for the next episode as soon as we can. Thanks, Justin. (laughs) Thank you very much. Let's see. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And um, just have to, for the record, say that that was a little bit of an older clip. Somehow the technology got a little muddled up. But always good to talk to Justin Hume from Samsung. And our gadget of the week is Samsung. So we can have a bit of a Samsung show. So, moving on to <laughs> my new gadgets of the week, which were announced, I have had for just over a week now, well, yeah, just over a week, two products that I'm absolutely enjoying, and that is the new Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 4 and the, the Watch 5, which is their two latest products that were announced in the last couple of weeks to, to, to sort of complement the Galaxy range that we discussed a little bit earlier in the show. And both these products are, I must say, right up front, a little bit evolutionary. We're living in a very difficult, I wouldn't say difficult, wrong word. We're living in a space right now where the service that is being delivered, the stuff that you can do with your devices is almost more important than the devices. But there's nothing quite as cool as having some of the latest, most innovative, most technologically advanced gizmos and gadgets in your hands. And in a nutshell, that's exactly what the Galaxy Z Fold 4 is. It is without question one of the coolest (laughs) devices you could ever have. Take it out, wander around, open it up, do a little bit of scrolling and some email on it, and you are guaranteed to get a couple of people asking all about what is it? Is it a tablet? What is it? And simply put, it is a 6.2-inch device with a screen on the front, improved from the Fold 3. I'll talk a little bit about that a little later. But the internal screen has changed slightly in terms of shape. The device has slimmed down a little. So what they've done, Samsung, essentially, is refine the Fold 3 considerably. It was the first of the sort of major mainstream foldable devices and really developed a, a slicker, smoother device that has a slightly better screen it's brighter it has a much upgraded camera system basically the same cameras that are used in the galaxy s22 ultra and a longer battery life unfortunately it's still um may as well give you the highlights up front it's very pricey it is certainly extremely expensive and if you want the more upgraded memory options the 512 and one terabyte sizes you're definitely going to be spending 
the better part of 35, 40,000 rand on this. It's expensive. It's also relatively thick and heavy, though I don't find that a huge problem. It's very slim when it's folded. The front screen is extremely functional. You can do absolutely everything. It's a normal cell phone with everything you want. And when it's open, it is not particularly heavy or big at all. It is a two-handed phone when it's open. A couple of little concerns, not concerns, but observations, is that the front selfie camera, when you've got the device open, is only a four megapixel. So the quality of the pictures is not spectacular. Also, if viewed from the side, the central crease is still visible. A little bit less visible than the three, but certainly still a little bit visible. But when you're looking at straight on and you're working on a, a document, you're reading a web page, you're scrolling through social media or your emails, it is pretty much not noticeable at all. The screen is super responsive. They say, Samsung, that they've improved its durability. Not that I find the three, I've used, I had the three for quite a while, used it quite a bit, and um, never had any problems with the screen. But the screen definitely is brighter, it's smoother, it's more responsive. And also, where the biggest changes have come, and those guys out there who have the three, the early adopters who bought it, um, will be pleased to note that most of the software upgrades or most of the software improvements on the, the Z Fold 4 have been offered to the Z Fold 3 users as of the last week or so. I think the updates have been rolled out. So there's a much, much improved taskbar. It's using the latest version of Android 12 4 for large screen tablets. And for the most part, apps switch pretty seamlessly from the open to the closed and vice versa. So you, you start doing something on your, your front screen, you open the fold, and boom, you've got a massive screen with lots of uh, real estate, like 7.2 inches. So it's basically a, a 7.6 inches, sorry. It's basically a massive tablet. And you've got lots of room to do work. So you always feel more productive with it and always feel um, like you're really getting somewhere really quickly. Unbelievable how quickly time flies, but it does. And I'm talking about my favorite gizmos and gadgets. But just to wrap up the Z Fold 4, it's expensive, but as early adopters and as a proof of concept of a foldable screen, high-end, top-notch cell phone, it's a 120 hertz screen. It's super fast. It's super bright. It's super sharp. The productivity enhancements are brilliant. You can really work on a big screen like that for reading, for, for web browsing, for email answering just fantastic. All the apps are there, and in normal quality, Samsung feel is super high-end. The cameras are as good as anything else on the market now. They really are fantastic. A little bit of a limitation on the zoom, but it's using the latest Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1. So if you're an early adopter, if you really want the coolest, probably the best Android device on the market right now, I would say the Galaxy Z Fold certainly ticks every single box you could imagine and has that sort of indescribable cool factor. Definitely brings you a lot of attention. And it fits nicely in my pocket. It would fit fairly well in a jacket pocket. It is not as light as a, sim as a single unfoldable phone. But it is not impossible to carry around. I would suggest a cover because the front and the back is glass. And I wouldn't like to drop this thing. But overall, a really spectacular phone. I'm still exploring some of the options. And it is definitely something that I want to spend a bit more time before I come up with a complete review. But right now, for the price, it is amazing technology. 
It's right there on the cutting edge. It's using all the latest that you can imagine and in a form factor that nobody else has even come close to perfecting for the moment. There are a couple of competitors coming out of China for now, and I hope there's all sorts of rumors Apple will be doing that at some point. But a big screen does have its benefits. The fact that it's a dual screen makes it even better, and it's a great, great device all round. And we'll be back with my little quick update of its matching or the, 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 the Galaxy Watch 5 straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And as part of the, the launch of the Z Flip and the Z Fold was also the launch of a brand new and updated smart device. Well, smart device, smart watch. And that's the Samsung Galaxy Watch 5. Again, a little bit of an iterative uh, move. The Watch 5 offers small improvements <clears throat> over the, the previous, the Watch 4, but it is an absolutely brilliant Android smartwatch. I've tried quite a few of them, and I must say that this is probably one of the, the better ones on the market. It looks premium. It feels good. It has all the necessary sensors. It even has a temperature sensor for the body, not enabled yet. Apparently, it's coming with an update to the software very soon. And the use of that is for, for sleep tracking, but it has great battery life. First and foremost, I must say, I've been getting three days of battery life straight away. I'm using the 45 millimeter one, and it's, it's priced very similar to the previous generation uh, Galaxy Watch 4, but it has great um, fit and more durable look and feel than the Watch 4. It also has a wide range of Google and third-party apps. Um, if you don't know, Samsung have moved across to the, the Google Wear platform, and they put their little overlay of their own sort of look and feel on top of it, but underlying that it is pure Google, and it works extremely well. The one little proviso is that it can be used with any Android phone at the moment, no question, and it works really well, but you have to download the Samsung apps to make it do so. But certain functionality only works with an Android phone, and that's like the ECG that I can figure out right now. I'm still getting used to it. I must say I find the interface very easy to use, but not incredibly uh, intuitive. It doesn't sort of make sense until you fiddle a little. But it has, interestingly enough, got some amazing sports and health tracking. It auto-tracks sports like nobody's business, walks, runs, jumps in the park, all picked up very quickly and, and tracked very nicely. It also has a body fat percentage function, which you simply switch on, hold two little, you hold the two sensors or the two buttons on the side, and compared to an in-body system that I used recently, it was almost exactly the same measurements from a $200 watch as opposed to a $10,000 uh, in-body uh, weight professional body fat measuring system. So that I was super impressed with. The whole um, Samsung Health app works extremely well, very similar in overall capability and capacity to anything I've used on Apple or anywhere else. Not quite as slick as Fitbit, I must admit, but the watch itself is a smartwatch. It's much more of a smartwatch in terms of notifications, ability, Apple Pay or Google Pay, whichever you want to use. Typing on the watch was pretty simple. And what they've also done is remove the bezel. So there's no more longer a rotating bezel. 
But if you swipe your finger along the outside, the the screen acts as if it's a, with a, with haptic feedback, as if it is a um, a rotating bezel. So overall, if you're in the Android ecosystem, this is probably the best Android watch that you can buy right now. However, if you are a Samsung user, there is just no question that this is by far the most functional, most compatible, and probably the best quality watch that you can get for the Android system. It looks good, it feels good, it's super comfortable on the arm. Uh, straps are replaceable. The one that came with it is a very functional, bland black one. I'm sure there are cooler ones out there. And there's even a sport version, which you can you can get, which is a little bit chunkier and a little bit more you know, extreme sport available. And definitely the battery life has been quite a, quite a boon. It gives you two, three days. You can sleep with it. It's light. It's easy. And it's a great smartwatch. You can have always on screen, which I've turned off because it does eat the battery life. So overall, the combination of the new Z Fold 4, the Watch 5, has been quite a revelation. I've been getting very into the whole uh, Android and Samsung ecosystem. And it is complete. It's comprehensive. It's easy to use. It's sophisticated. And most of all, it is technologically advanced in ways that a lot of competitors just don't quite get right. So is it, a, is it an upgrade from a 4 watch? No. Is the Z Fold 4 a decent upgrade from the Z Fold 3? Probably not. But as an entry into the cutting-edge technology that's available on Android, these are both excellent, excellent devices at moderate pricing for the watch, crazy pricing for the phone, but well, well, well worth looking at and certainly recommended from my part. And on that note, I've been told it's time to wrap up the show, move on. We're going to have to keep our clip from uh, this week, which is the Nokia interview about their new products for next week. So stay tuned, come back. We'll have some great new info and gizmos and gadgets. Till then, this is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk right here on Chi FM.